Today, friends, you are listening to episode 455 of the Juice Box Podcast, and today is another in the Defining Diabetes series, so you know what that means. Jenny's going to be here. I've been defining diabetes here on the Juice Box Podcast forever, it feels like. And I've done simple terms like pre-bolus, A1C, basal, and bolus. We also have talked about honeymooning and things that people don't like to talk about. We've defined non-compliant, brittle diabetes, and even talked about terms that are specific to the podcast, like stopping the arrows, trust will happen, feeding insulin, bumping and nudging. These episodes are chock full of good information. They're short and digestible. And if that wasn't enough, they're made even better with the presence of Jenny Smith, my friend and certified diabetes educator who helps me on these and the pro tip episodes. So today, Jenny and I are going to define LADA. L-A-D-A diabetes. LADA data. Here we go. We're going to give you the definition, tell you what it is, chat about it for a little bit, and let you be on your way. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. We're becoming bold with insulin. If you enjoy this episode, look for the other Defining Diabetes episodes right there in your podcast player. You can just search Juicebox Podcast Defining Diabetes, and you will get a super long list of them. You can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com and diabetesprotip.com. Speaking of websites, if you go to integrateddiabetes.com, you'll be at the place where Jennifer Smith works. There you'll learn things like Jennifer Smith has had type 1 diabetes since she was a child. Did you know that? It's true. Over 30 years, Jenny's had type 1. She holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She's a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. And not only that, she's a person you can point a microphone out and say to her, what's a lot of diabetes? And she'll just tell you because Jenny is a font of good information. Not going to have a bunch of ads today. Just want to remind you to go to the T1D exchange, fill out their survey, help other people with type 1 diabetes. It is free for you, of course, because you're the one doing the thing. It is 100% HIPAA compliant. It is 1,000% anonymous. And if you want to remove your answers at any time, you can. So an easy thing to do. Why would you do this? Because the decisions that are made with your answers help people living with type 1 diabetes All you need to be is a type 1 who's living in America or the caregiver of a type 1 who lives in the United States, and you can go do this right now. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Everyone who completes the survey is benefiting people living with type 1 diabetes, and you're benefiting the show a little bit too. So thank you for that. I wanted to find Lada and Modi. So let's just start with Lada. Okay. Because it comes in the alphabet before M. So it just feels like we're here to go. <laughs> so these are two terms that I have to, I'm going to fully and admit, I don't particularly feel like I understand them. And mm-hmm. I know they don't come up that frequently, but they come up more often than people might assume. And people are always like, my doctor told me I have LADA. 
but they don't tell them what that means. And or and Moody's worse. Modi, Moody, whatever. Modi, right? Modi, Modi. But we'll yep. get to that one because that when people get that one, they're just like, I don't know. It's like something about genetic. And then that's like the best they can say. And I don't even know if that's right. But we're going to start first with you telling me what Lada is. And then we're actually going to use the Internet a little bit here, which we don't normally do. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, Lada is essentially it stands for latent autoimmune diabetes of the adult. OK, that's. The, the term where it kind of comes right acronym right mm-hmm. um and it it does get confused i would say an awful lot um because typically lada is diagnosed in those over the age of about 30 to 35 mm-hmm. and it's a very slow progressing form of autoimmune diabetes so it is it's typical that many ladas are just diagnosed as type 1 Okay. Because it's it's autoimmune in nature. But your pancreas over time stops producing inadequate insulin. Unlike the very abrupt and very acute diagnosis of type 1, typically it's a pretty quick like very significant weight loss, this very significant symptoms of thirst and and everything that come into the picture and you know, it's it it's a quick fast. diagnosis. Yeah. Right. So and for for whatever reason, this sort of destruction of the beta cells happens more slowly in someone with LADA. So it could be years of developing. And many people with LADA, they may be initially started on insulin, especially if they come in with like high enough blood sugars mm-hmm. to diagnose diabetes. But many can for a time period be left just on basal insulin okay with a very small amount still with lifestyle changes obviously i mean you're not going to go out eating like you know big chocolate cakes three times a day or anything <laughs> expect not to have to take insulin for that but typical lifestyle changes of basal insulin may be utilized for a lengthy period of time honeymoon in lada can last quite a long time. Um, and in fact, from what the research that I've read about LADA, many who've been diagnosed years ago already with it still have a fair amount of natural insulin production. Their mm. C-peptide levels um, essentially come back still in the diabetes range, but higher than somebody who would have like an all-out destruction of the betas. Well, in this, so so is this, first of all, is this the thing they also call type one and a half, like 1.5? Do you hear that that way too? Commonly. All right. Yes. So Mm -hmm. how do I, if this happens to me, how do I know the difference between this and type two? That's just like not that bad type two. Yeah. I mean, type two, again, is not an autoimmune disorder. So you're not going to have the antibodies, um, GAD, you're not going to have any of that present if you have type 2. Type 1 and LADA are specific that the body has attacked the beta cells. So you're going to have those antibodies to prove circulating in the system Mm -hmm. to note the reason for the destruction. Whereas type 2 again, and that kind of goes with like Modi. Mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later, right, right. <laughs> I know, but there, there's no autoimmune component to type two. But people don't, as a general rule, doctors don't, when you're, I guess what I'm saying is I've spoken to enough people at this point now who are in their like thirties or forties. They, when they get diagnosed, 
they are immediately someone tells them they have type two. If they're just they're like, often misdiagnosed. Right, right. So without the antibody test, but the antibody test is a simple way to know that it's LADA and not just a slow a slow form of type two diabetes. Correct. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's it's unfortunate because, you know, if you have if you're somebody who's lean, pretty physically active, just, you know, going to the gym a couple times a week or you run several days a week and you've never had a problem with like weight management, you have a pretty healthy lifestyle and whatnot, and you're diagnosed with type two, it would be very important for your doctor to go in and, and ask specifically, you know, I'd really like antibody testing. Right. I, I really would like, you know, to discuss this further because I mean, I've seen it clinically myself. Mm-hmm. Um, before I was working for integrated, I actually, the clinic that I was working at, I was working primarily as a dietitian and then a diabetes educator just for like the type two population. And a gentleman was referred to me to come in to talk nutrition. Right. And oh. in looking at his record, he was just newly diagnosed. I looked at his age. I looked at his weight. I looked, this guy was like a, marathon runner and like, like an endurance athlete. And I'm looking at his data. I'm looking at his levels. He had come in and DKA to the emergency room. And I'm like, this guy is not type two. Right. I, I called his doctor and I was like, one, you need to get him referred. And two, I said, my discussion with him needs to be different. And three, you need to get him on insulin. Yeah. I said, I can guarantee he's feeling like crud right now while right. you're like, telling him he's type two. <laughs> well, because because physically you look at him and you think this this isn't a person that even if they have type two diabetes is eating their way to DKA. Can right. you get into DKA with type two diabetes? Um, it, can you? It's very rare. I, yeah. I guess that's the easiest. Um, that's the easiest explanation is that it's very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, I guess what are a, a lack of a better word, like some ketone or ketosis prone subtypes of type two. Um, but we don't see DKA in type two. We instead, when they come in, in the emergency room with really high blood sugars, we usually see something, or we usually call it something called honk. It's like a non-ketotic hyperosmolar ketosis type of situation. It's I know that honk just made me smile. Like she's trying to say something (laughs) serious and I'm like, wait, they call it honk. That's amazing. (laughs) But again, it's very specific to type two because type twos will not usually be in DKA. It just just occurred to me while you were saying that, I don't know that I've ever heard a person who has type two diabetes say they were in DKA. And I thought, so why would, so the doctor in this scenario should have put those things together. Correct. Right. Okay. I Shoulda, hear. woulda, coulda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I guess we start waiting for all that to happen. We won't. <laughs> we'll just. That's another discussion. <laughs> that's yeah. like a whole Listen, whole. you doctors pull this all together, and you're going to take my podcast away from me. So you just keep <laughs> doing the job you're doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, okay. So if I'm older, and it looks like I'm in that situation where, like, my A1C is like in the five and a half ish range, and doctors are starting to say, like, oh, you might be developing type two diabetes. I ask for the antibody test. It tells me for sure do I have type two or a very slow onset of type one that is called LADA. LADA. Mm-hmm. And latent, say it again latent autoimmune diabetes of the adult. Okay. And I think just for perspective, because I find myself, you know, when you go to the internet and you're just like, try to teach yourself something from scratch, sometimes you hit a word and you're like, oh yeah, it's latent autoimmune. And then you're, you never really think to yourself, 
What does latent mean? So just for this, it's existing but not yet developed or manifested. It could be hidden or concealed is the definition of the word latent. So uh, sneaky, if you want to think of it that way, could be sada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sneaky, right. it's sneaky, absolutely. <laughs> well, your immune system is sneaky anyway. I mean, the weird stuff that it does, yeah. you know. Well, I just got done interview uh, doing that interview with Francisco Leon about um, – to plezomob. I'm never going to say that drug name right. The drug name. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like a bunch of letters that look like they were thrown against the wall together. It's just, <laughs> it, it is, it's funny. I can't say it off the top of my head, but when I'm looking at it, it makes complete sense to me. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm still stuck in his um, descriptions of autoimmune disease in general. And it's like clouding everything I'm thinking of today. So uh, I can actually, I got something similar when I went to a conference. It was probably. It's probably about three years ago now. I attended two or three workshops on um, gut microbiome, mm-hmm. and the research and the, the conferences were specific to diabetes and what they're really looking at in terms of like the term is so u- loosely used. I hate to use it, but like leaky gut type of issue, and what that really does in the potential for somebody who is like got a sensitive immune system already, like that turn on factor. It's almost like a light switch that just gets like flipped on Mm -hmm. once there's something there to cue in that response. So in the thyroid episode, Dr. Benito starts to kind of talk about a little bit of there's like, there's this barrier and, and I was like, okay, but you know, anyway, we've gotten off the the beaten path there, but anyway, I just, you know, once, uh, Dr. Leon started talking about there's a place in Europe where they're now putting dirt in babies' bonnets to give them, um, you know, like like from farms because he microbes. He, he yeah. said that we've industrialization. He thinks is the key to autoimmune. That we've cleaned the world up so much that our immune system's just like sitting around bored, tapping its fingers and like, hey, yep. let's go after this now. <laughs> yep. I know. I mean, and there's a sense of like, especially in this past year mm-hmm. of everything, there's like this renewed sense of like clean, like everything has clean. to be hyper cleaned. And I like, I still like the kids come in and they've got like grungy stuff from the rock pile out in the backyard. And mm-hmm. like, well, you clearly have to wash your hands, but I'm not too worried that you were playing in the dirt because there are probably really good things in there for yeah, you. Yeah, no yeah. I don't have to dip you in alcohol. Just make you not no. dirty anymore. Right. Yeah. Huge thanks to Jenny for lending her brilliance to the Juice Box podcast. Don't forget to check her out at integrateddiabetes.com. You can actually hire Jenny and she'll help you with your diabetes. Thanks also to all the sponsors that I didn't mention today. And um, what else? Check out the T1D Exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Take the survey, fill it out, help people with type 1 diabetes, help the show, feel good about yourself. Takes a few minutes to do something nice. If you hold on for a second after the music, I'll go over where the diabetes pro tip episodes are, the defining diabetes episodes, how you can listen in a podcast player if you're listening online, and all the other stuff that new listeners and interested parties should know. So here's how it goes. If you want to check out the Omnipod, the Dexcom, Gvoke Hypo Pen, T1D Exchange, Touched by Type 1, or the Contour Next 1 blood glucose meter, I'd appreciate it if you'd use my links. They're right there in the podcast player show notes. 
You can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com, or you can type them into a browser. And at the very end of this, I'll leave them if you want to hear them. But I imagine you're going to shut it off before I say that. But still, I'll put them there for you. Now, the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes. For those of you who listen in a podcast player, they're right there. You can just search Diabetes Pro Tip and the words Juice Box Podcast, and you're going to get them all. But you can also find them at DiabetesProTip.com. When you get there, you're going to see that they that the pro tip episodes begin at episode 210 with an episode called Diabetes Pro Tip, Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. And then they go on for there. Pro tips began back in February of 2019, and there was a new one put up as recently as March 5th, 2021. So it's a really great list of episodes that will help you manage your diabetes the way you hear us talking about it here. And these Defining Diabetes episodes are also incredibly helpful. Right now, the way DiabetesProTip.com is set up, if you scroll down a little bit, you can find those as well. There's also Ask Scott and Jenny shows, the latest episodes of the podcast. It's all right there. Actually, there's also links to places where you can listen through an app. So I know some people don't listen to a lot of podcasts, and this could be new for them. But you can listen in a free application. If you're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, any apps that are available on Android, just keep in mind that podcast apps should not cost you money. So my links will take you to a number of apps that are free and work great. Otherwise, you can listen pretty much anywhere you get audio. If you're listening in an app now, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever your app allows you to do. And you will get three new episodes of the Juicebox podcast every week to choose from. You can listen to them all, listen to some of them, whatever works best for you. If you're looking for people chatting about management, you should look no farther than the Facebook page for the Juicebox podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. It's a private group, so you can talk freely. Go find that if you're looking for 10,000 users now. It's a really terrific place to talk about using insulin. And all the things that come up when you have type 1. I'm also on Instagram. I don't do much on Twitter, but it's there, at Juicebox Podcast. That's it, really. I hope you're enjoying these. I hope they're helpful for you. There's going to be a number of them coming in the next number of weeks. We're going to do Modi and um, some other stuff that build off of this initial conversation that Jenny and I had. But I like them to be in separate episodes where you can hear targeted information about one topic. So defining diabetes, I'm a big fan of them. Check them out. Thanks so much to Jenny. And thanks to the T1D Exchange for supporting the Juice Box podcast. Go to the T1D Exchange with one of my links. They're right there in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Get there. It takes about five, 10 minutes to fill out. Very simple questions. And the answers help people living with type 1 diabetes. You need to be a U.S. resident who has type 1 or a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone who has type 1. Again, it won't take you long. It's incredibly helpful. It's HIPAA compliant, completely anonymous. And you could even panic seven months from now and go, I don't want my answers to be in there anymore. And they would take them out if you asked them. It's There's no risk to you at all. It helps people with type 1 diabetes. That kind of help could help you as well as others. And it also benefits the show. Other things that benefit the show, 
Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. GvokeGlucagon.com forward slash juice box. TouchedByType1.org. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. And I think that is it. I think that's everybody. If you have any need for those things, please use my links. And if you don't, don't feel any pressure. Maybe you will one day. Maybe you can just tell someone else about this, the podcast. You know, I'm not saying click on the link, click on the link. I'm saying if you need those things, use my link, please. All right. I hope you guys have a great day. Plenty more podcasts coming next week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon.